Hey, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there, it's Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, well-prepared Nikki Kinzer. Yes, that's yes, me. Yes, yes. That is me this morning. I have, I have thrown everybody for a loop today because of my weird travel schedule this week. I apologize for moving this to a Tuesday, uh, but it is, uh, it, it is the way of the world. Thanks for your flexibility. We are talking about what it means when you, what to do to get out of that state when you feel like you're in paralysis. You are frozen and you need to defrost. Did you ever play freeze tag when you were young? Yeah. I loved yeah. it. Did you? Uh-huh. You strike me as somebody who is very patient, that you could you could actually uh, be a, 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 an exceptional freeze tag player. I, I probably was. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you I was. I that loved freeze yeah. tag. That was like, you know, when you got to choose like what you wanted to do during PE, like if you got- It was to, always freeze tag. Yeah, it was freeze yeah. tag. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So this, but as an adult, freeze tag, not so much fun. Not so much fun. No. No. It's hard on the knees. It is. And Just you really, all of them yeah. tagging and running. Not Anyhow, we're talking about paralysis uh, uh, and anxiety today, which is, I think, uh, safe to say right up both our alleys. Yes. Uh, oh, how we love talking about anxiety. But before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. Listen to the show right there on the website. Subscribe to the mailing list on the front page, and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. And you can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't forget, if you appreciate what we do here on the show, what we have done for the last eight years uh, in the ADHD community, you can support us with a couple bucks a month over at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Uh, subscribers and supporters there get access to the weekly show a little bit early. They get access to this weekly live stream in the Facebook private group. They, they actually get access to a Facebook private group that is only for members who support us on Patreon.com. Again, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash The ADHD Podcast. Uh, we sure appreciate your support there. Thank you. All right, Nikki, here we go. You have a little bit of news first. Uh, yes, quick announcement. Um, the accountability groups are open for spring of 2018. Uh, I have two groups that I'm offering right now, and um, the deadline to register is April 17th. So make sure that you check out the um, website for more information about the accountability groups. If you have any questions about the groups and how they work, um, please let me know. You can send me a direct email at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at TakeControlADHD.com. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. They're fabulous. I love them. They're fabulous. And yeah. uh, totally different take on coaching. That's the that's is. the thing to remember. This is if you've tried coaching in the past and you you've you've struggled loved with it. a little bit or loved it. Either way, <laughs> this is something you need to try because it's it's a pivot on yeah. uh, on these groups and and groups are are so great. I just love groups and the added accountability structure in accountability coaching just makes it really special. So definitely give yeah, it a shot. Absolutely. Okay, you're frozen, Nikki. You are Freeze frozen, tag. cold as ice. Freeze tag. What do you do? How do you, you defrost? You know, um, okay, so truth be told, I had to come up with a topic pretty quickly because I did forget that we were recording. Well, I didn't forget that we were recording <laughs> earlier. It's just that it came it came to me so fast. It was like all of a sudden it was Monday night and I'm meeting Pete, you know, on Tuesday at 10. And Usually so, when it's Monday night, you realize you're meeting Pete on Friday and you have lots of time. I have lots of time. I don't worry about yeah. it, right? But yeah, 
I I did a little bit of a, a uh, I had some anxiety over this show. Let's just put it that way. So when I think about, you know, what shows do we want to do? What topics do I want to talk about? It's a process, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I really do think about it and um, I, I do some research. And one of the things that really um, resonated with me this week was a conversation I had with a client. And um, this and, and this is a conversation I could have had with anybody, right? Because it's so common. So much to do. Um, deadlines are being thrown at me. Um, not sure what to do first. I mean, there was just so much stress and so much overwhelm um, around her task list, around the things that she had to get done this week. And um, she was very clear that when I'm stressed like this, I don't perform well. I go into paralysis. I freeze. And then I don't end up doing anything. And then and then I commented saying, and then you probably feel worse because you didn't do anything, right? So it's this like cycle that we get into and it's worse um, or harder, I think, for people that have ADHD um, for a lot of different reasons, right? I mean, we're looking at what is causing the overwhelm in the first place and oh, there's a whole list of things that could be going wrong, right? Um, so have you ever felt that way, Pete? Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, if if I don't feel it daily, I certainly feel it weekly. Yes. Uh, On some level, in in some little part, I'll glance at my task list and there's a task that snuck through that should have been scheduled smarter. It should have been scheduled better. I dropped the ball on something and now I have to find a way to muster through to, as you say, to defrost and regroup and and build a plan. And that is so hard it is so hard and uh, you know I, I appreciate you saying that if it doesn't happen daily it probably happens weekly because I think that is one of the differences um and 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 to bring up the ADHD why it's really important that we understand how your brain is wired and and why it becomes so overwhelming um because so why is that yeah when my brain when my brain acts up why Why do I have trouble? And, and I think this goes back to that bigger question about how the ADHD brain and the neurotypical brain respond to, to anxiety and stress. What happens in your brain when that happens? Okay, that's a good question. Wow, I wasn't expecting that this morning. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I give you a lot of credit, first of all, because I don't think it happens to me on a daily basis. Um, but it certainly does happen. And when it does, I have to take a step back and figure out what is it that's really bothering me and what, what is it about, if it's a task list, for example. So going back to what she was dealing with, if I have this overwhelming amount of things to do this week and I don't know really where to start, I really have to like pull myself out of looking at the task list (laughs) and almost taking myself out of it and thinking about, okay, what's really priority here? What do I want to do? What do I need to do? I I walk myself through it and then I use my own advice. I use my own advice of what I would tell somebody else that's going through it and I think what is the smallest piece that I can do right now to at least get started. Um, And it also helps me to identify what I'm feeling. 
So if I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling overwhelmed, I almost need to say it out loud because if I keep it inside, it makes it worse and it feels worse. Um, And so I I will actually just say, "Okay, I get it. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do here. Um, I need to work work through it. Um, But I think one of the biggest differences is it's not something that happens all the time where I know that there's so many folks out there that struggle with this and it's painful and it hurts and they don't know how to pull themselves out of it. Um, What about you? Well, I I think when the the trick for me is that I, I feel like I've learned to separate the act of work, which is totally benign, right? A task is a task is a task from the people that I am letting down by not having done the work, which is not benign. It, ha- it is emotionally charged. It's loaded. There is somebody out there who's waiting for me to do the work, and when I feel like I've dropped the ball and I hit paralysis or the list is just too long, I haven't broken it down, there are, there are times where I will sit and look at, uh, at the wrong view in my task list. You know, this feeling like you'll, like in things, you go into the someday or the anytime list, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so long. Yeah. It's just so long. Uh, you know, if I open Todoist uh, and, and I look at, you know, today, I have 30 things on the list today. And most of those things are part of, they're, they're using our own advice, which is I've broken down bigger tasks into smaller tasks. They're things that I will check off very, very quickly. So to some people, I know 30 is going to feel huge. Uh, and and that's, that is, for me, a perfectly rational and reasonable goal because they're all part of larger things that I'll just be able to buzz through. But if I were to look at my, you know, my next seven days of yeah. tasks and every day has 30 or more tasks on it, uh, suddenly it's it's a massive list. It's and what if those are getting transferred impossible. over because yeah. they're not getting done? So now 30 it, yeah. is 50, and then 50 ends up being 70. There you go. Yeah. And so that's why my morning review and my daily afternoon review are so important because that's when I take the 15 minutes and I actually migrate things to better schedule. When I fail that, that's when I feel the, the paralysis. That's when I feel like I've let somebody down or when I leave a couple of emails in my inbox that I should have scheduled, that I should have put on the calendar. That's when I that's when I feel this is I, I am now emotionally charged about the work that otherwise should just be benign stuff. It should just be another log on the pile. Uh, it should just be something for me to churn through during my working hours. And in my head, I can say that in my heart. I'm letting somebody down and the anxiety is building. Does that make sense? Am I just. <laughs> yeah, no, it here? totally makes sense. So I'm curious, though, like what happens then, like. When you are emotionally charged and you're feeling that paralysis, how do you get yourself into some kind of action mode to get out of it? So I almost look at it like what I see visually is I see this like pile of trash. (laughs) I don't know, whatever pile of something, (laughs) maybe mud, like, you know, like you're in a mud pit and you're stuck in the mud, right? And you're trying to get out of the mud. How do you get out of the mud onto the land? I don't I don't mean it to sound flippant at all, because so much of how I do this is because of doing this podcast for eight years with you, right, is is actively thinking about this. I know a lot of people who struggle with it aren't actively thinking about it as a function of what they do every day. Okay, stop there, because that's huge. Yeah, because you are you are actively thinking about this and thinking, okay, this I because you're almost I okay maybe I'm wrong but let me ask you this are you preventing yourself to get into that mud 
because you are thinking about it and you're a hundred percent. Yes. A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. That, that's what I mean. And, and so, uh, like I, I recognize the emotional experience of feeling the paralysis. I don't often anymore get into that point of multiple days of like kicking tasks down the road or ignoring them or closing my eyes to them or pretending they don't exist because I have the systems in place to prevent me from getting into that mode. When I get into that mode, it's a cascading failure, right? One thing leads to another thing leads to another thing leads to another thing. And then normal work that I I have no problem distancing myself from the emotional part of it and just getting the work done. Normal work begins to suffer. And then other things begin to suffer. You know, I'm starting to be late to getting the kids where they need to be. I'm I, things. It's a cascading failure. And I think that's what, what you know, when I saw... This title this morning—that's the first thing that came to mind. It's—it's it's not just um, the 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 feeling; it's the cascade. It's the avalanche. It's the you know, it's it's the the uh, uh, glacier cleaving off into the ocean. Right, mm-hmm. whole pieces mm-hmm. of you feel like they're broken, and uh, that 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 hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, it it goes back to some things we've been talking about, I think, frequently recently. And, and one of those is is uh, to begin breaking up the, the work into smaller and smaller pieces. That helps me find emotional distance from the work again, because I can accomplish something in three minutes that isn't the whole thing that might take a couple of hours, and I can at least feel motion again. And that, that I think, is the number one thing for me, is finding a way to anchor into forward motion again. Once I start moving, even slowly, even a little bit, that becomes, you know, motivation to tackle more of it. Again, I'm having this visual of that, just that being stuck in the mud, but when you say that, you are kind you're getting closer. It's like you're, you're stepping you're stepping mm-hmm. out of it. But I think the bigger picture of what you're saying too is you're preventing yourself from getting there. You're, you 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 are thinking about it and you're thinking about what works for you. And uh, that's what I would encourage our listeners to do is that when you're feeling this way, if it's happening more than you would like, right, on a daily or weekly basis, that we, well, not we, because I'm not there with you, unfortunately. You're not there. No, right? but, <laughs> but you can start thinking about, okay, what... What can I do to to get that forward movement? What can I do to prevent me? And that's probably a better question: is how do you prevent from this, you know, this paralysis, this frozen, you know, time period? And um, that's kind of the angle I wanted to take: is how do you prevent it? And and um, because we know what happens, we know what that avalanche feels like, we know what the consequences are. Um, and I think that one of the things that I would encourage people to do is really listen to themselves. And that's something that I do with my anxiety. If I start feeling really anxious, I'm I'm feeling that. I am really feeling that. I feel it in my stomach. I feel it. I get tense, you know. And so understanding like where you're feeling stressed and how your body reacts to that, that's a warning sign. That's a red flag that something's coming up that you're not feeling real good about. And taking that step back and breathing breathing and figuring out like for me I'll go outside you know I'll take Mm -hmm. a walk Mm -hmm. I'll go out in nature um and just get that fresh that fresh air and 
that calm back to kind of be able to be mindful of, of what I'm doing that day. I would, you know, I would add to that, talk about it. Yes. I, and, and I don't mean just talk about it to, to find someone to talk about it. Although I will say, shameless plug, uh, you know, this other podcast that I'm mm-hmm. doing, What's That Smell, is about anxiety. Yeah. And the act of now having done that, we've done, you know, six episodes that we've recorded and three that have been released. And I find the act of talking about it and having somebody else reflect it back to me, the things that I'm feeling stressed about, is enormously empowering. It feels so good uh, to, to be able to think about it that way. So talk about it. But I, you can talk about it just to yourself, right? right? You can just sit down on a chair and close your eyes and say it out loud. Let your ears externally hear the sound coming out of your mouth. Because when you put words to it, when you put language to what you're feeling, it diminishes it. It diminishes the experience of it. I think that's really important because that's what you're trying to do is find distance from it, to distance yourself from it's it. It's so true. And one of the things that when you say that, one of the things I that I will tell myself is I am anxious about feeling anxious. Oh, yeah. Meta-anxiety is just yes. horrible. It's the worst because now it makes you feel stupid. It makes you feel bad. It yeah. makes you yeah. feel stupid. It makes you feel bad. You feel, I mean, the, you know, it's just a terrible feeling. And and I think you're right when I'll say, yes, I'm, I am feeling anxious right now. It does sort of remove that, well, I, I don't want to feel anxious about being anxious. Like, it does kind of remove you from that. And, and, and you know, for people who don't have anxiety, we ha- I have to use this example. People who don't have anxiety don't understand what it's like, but you may have, have uh, this experience where you're lying in bed and you, you can't quite get to sleep how you normally would. And so you start thinking about sleep. As soon as you start thinking about the act of going to sleep, you won't get to sleep. You just won't get to sleep. And that's the feeling. It is the cycle of anxiety that starts. Yes. And, and again, it's a cascading failure. It is. It is. It is. So, yes, I agree. Going back to what you were saying, talk talk out loud. Talk, you know, if you want to talk to somebody about it, that's fine. Or like you said, just talk to yourself about it. Yeah, I think you don't makes, need somebody. No, no. One thing that helps me with the anxiety piece, and you can tell me what you think about this with the with the overwhelm um, part of it. I it helps me to identify what it is. If I can figure it out. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I'm anxious and Mm. I'm just anxious. Mm -hmm. But there are other times where I can actually kind of figure out what it is, whether I am procrastinating on something um, or I'm worried about something with one of my kids, um, you know, financials, situations. I mean, whatever it is, I, I, I can sometimes identify it. And that that can help me because then I can kind of figure out, okay. Before I go into overwhelm and shut down, like what what is bugging me and kind of like have that conversation where I guess it is about thinking about it, like because we don't always go that deep with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We kind of just accept that, okay, I'm overwhelmed. This is stressful and I'm just going to stay here. Does it help you to identify like what what's bugging you or what's stressing you? Yeah. Oh, I need to put words to it because I think for me. And and maybe it's because of my background as an academic, right? I mean, I totally re- I resemble this remark, right? That at at some point research is soothing to me, mm-hmm. and at at some point being able to say, okay, I'm I'm feeling anxious about this experience, and there's a scientific word that defines this. What that represents in my mind is the fact that this experience I'm feeling is is not a feeling of loneliness. I am not alone 
in this feeling. Somebody has found it so resonant and so real in their lives that they have researched it. They've studied it. The medical community has come around to look Mm -hmm. at it. I am not alone. Yeah. And that gives me power. Yeah. Right. This is strength in number. That gives me power to know that if I'm not alone and experience it, I'm certainly not alone in recovering from it. Mm-hmm. And that means I can recover from it in this isolated incident. And I sure as hell should be able to recover from it in future incidents. And and that's an empowering feeling. Which kind of takes me to the self-talk, because what you just said is very positive it's empowering and it's it's a it's serving you right because it's giving you that belief that i i can get through this this is going to be okay i'm not alone i'm not crazy um and so that i think is something we have to be really careful of because i know that working with people who feel stuck and they they are in that mud um a lot of those limiting beliefs are what's keeping them in the mud you know, that that I, I can't get out of this. I don't know how to break this down. I don't know. And maybe you don't know how, um, but you can figure it out. You can figure it out, you, you know, but I think it, it does take that patience in thinking about it. What do I need to do? What do I need to do that's going to work for me? And I think that's part of it, too, is that um, accepting that your way may be a different way. And that's OK. Embrace that. It's okay that your way is different because I think we get into a lot of those shoulds and, you know, uh, uh, comparisons of what other people are doing and, 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 all, and all of that, too. So I, I like the, the self-talk that you're saying. Good job, yeah. Pete Wright. Well, thank you. Well, I, I, <laughs> it's you a know, good example. It, it, all fa- <laughs> it all falls into this bucket of distance, right, of emotional yeah. distance from the, the feeling that I'm feeling. I have to step out of it somehow. If I get mired in it, that's the mud you're describing. If I can't move my feet, if I can't experience motion again, I get in real trouble. And, yeah, and that's yeah. the that's the experience you want to prevent when you talk about preventative, uh, you know, tactics. That's that's what these systems are for. Right. That's right. what all of the lists are for. That's what the alarms are for. That's what everything comes back to that stopping the point at which I can no longer move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think a good question when when you're in that state is what can I do? What has worked? And that's where it's important that we have your your strategies. And, and I don't know if we I think we have talked about this. I think we did a whole show on this about how to um, capture the strategies that work for you and mm-hmm. how to kind of keep those, you know, in in some kind of toolbox that you can go back to when you need them. And mm-hmm. I think that that is this is a perfect example of, OK, I'm recognizing that this isn't feeling good this is going to go down a wrong path what can i do to break this down what can i what kind of support do i need to get um you know all of those things that we've talked about lowering the expectation you know everything that we've talked about and and things that people read it's like that's that's what you got to try practice it um and and see where it takes you um, and that's what I would encourage people to do is that if you're feeling that way, what is one thing today that you could do to, to help you move just a little for, you know, a little inch forward out? Yeah. And, 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 you know, here's here's one that that I think this this is one of those feelings when it starts for me, uh-huh. when I already have a list of work that I understand. Yes. Right? Here's the here's the list. And then something comes into my life that also is on a deadline 
that I may have forgotten. And there is that feeling, how could I possibly insert that task in the middle of this list? Because the list that I'm already working on is, in my head, impermeable. It's a thing I have to start at A and work to Z, and only then can I add new stuff. But the challenge is there are expectations, and I'm going to let somebody down if I can't figure that out. That feeling, that feeling of I, I can't change my path is the start of the feeling of paralysis. Yeah, and so you have to recognize that. For me, that's I a love trigger. That. That's the trigger, and that's uh, an important and, trigger, right? Because that's that flexibility piece that is so hard to embrace. Yeah, because it feels like a fire is coming at you, and yep. that's interesting. And then you start to hurry. You start to hurry with the work that you already did because you think, "Oh my gosh, now I'm in panic mode. I have to get all this other crap done." Or I'm in real trouble, and I that that's where I will start to suffer. If that happens, I know that that is a that's a trigger warning. That's like a you know the the barbarians are at the gate. Then what would what you do, do next? Do? So now you've identified that. What do you do next to 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 put that into your list somehow? Well, the very first thing I have to do is often the very hardest thing that I have to do, which is I have to write an email. I have to write an email to the person that I risk letting down. And I have to tell them, this is a challenge. It may not get done on this schedule. Can we talk about it? And it's to the point where, and I don't like using the phone. I think you know this. I'm not a big phone person. I hate voicemail. All of those things are terrible. I know when I feel this way, the first thing I have to do is pick up the phone immediately and make a phone call. I do it in the car. I do it wherever I have to do. If that feeling comes, it just happened yesterday. It just happened yesterday. I sent a transcript over to a client of a video that I need to to cut together, a transcript of an interview, and she got back to me too quickly. She got back to me with edits immediately, and I thought it was going to take days. And then she said, someone else is going to review it, and she'll get back to us tomorrow, and we'll have this thing, and then it will be back to you, Pete. And I realized, oh my God, this is a new thing. Yeah, And I'm going to be working in Oklahoma and sure, mm-hmm. the grandparents can play with with the, the uh, their grandson, and it'll be fine. I can sneak away a few hours, but I can't work on a major editing project, you know, in right. in grandma and grandpa's house. It's just it's not conducive to my when I wasn't planning on taking on a major day long project. Yeah, I had to pick up the phone before I could think about it. Yeah. I had to pick up the phone before I could respond emotionally to it. That's the trigger warning. I have to just take action. Because if I didn't take action, it would get mired in the mud. It would get stuck. So what I have just learned about Pete Wright <laughs> oh dear. Oh as no. a colleague is that whenever I get that phone call, I better pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he's got something he's got to tell me and it's not going to probably and happen. This is the danger of podcasting with a dear friend and colleague. And when, when truth comes out, it's just it just can be horrible. Now it can I know. be horrible. Now I know. <laughs> well, and and let me just say as a follow up to that story, she answered the phone right away, and uh, and her response was, okay. "No problem, right? No problem. That's it was right. totally okay." And nine times out of ten, that's the response you're going to get when yeah. you are quick to respond and forthright and honest about the state of affairs. It's you all bet. it's all good. It's well, all okay. I, I'm glad you share that story and you share the ending of it because I think that's a really important point is that we build it up in our mind that it's going to be this awful thing. They're going to be so disappointed. They're going to, you know, not hire us again. I mean, there's so many different things that you can think of that. But uh, but I think you bring up a really good point. I think it's important. 
as and and we've talked about this before in other situations where as hard and painful as that conversation is it has to happen at some point because yeah. if you if somebody is depending on you for something you're you can't ignore it forever and the worst i mean it just gets worse and worse as time goes by and so i i, I appreciate first of all that you call her immediately because i know if i was on the other end of that i would want to know as soon as possible of what yeah. the expectation is what what the real expectation is rather than wondering and so yeah. i think that you know those conversations are hard. We're kind of talking on a different subject here, but... But you know what it does? It removes that feeling of paralysis. It does. It allows you to feel forward motion. A, it's a conversation that took just a couple of minutes, and B, it, it's over. It's and over. And you get to move back into the list that you feel comfortable with, yeah. that you created, that you curated and cultivated, and you can actually feel motion. Yeah. And that's yeah. what you that's what you want. Gives you some freedom. That's for right. sure. Yep. There you go. That's it? That's all I, feel I have. Good. I feel like I feel like we. I uh, feel like we. Uh, well, you certainly therapized me. I love getting <laughs> to be able to talk about this. So uh, I love listening <laughs> always, to you. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's always good stuff. So uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading, and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time. Well, and hey, attention. I have something to add. Like if, if oh, people go. do, I mean, because we are building a toolbox, right? I mean, this is something that we give so many strategies, so many different tips throughout. You know, the last eight years, we just had mm-hmm. our March twenty second was our anniversary, right, mm-hmm. of our very first podcast, which is crazy. Right. Um, but I would love. Love to hear from people if if you have ideas or strategies or or ways that you get you know out of frozen to defrost mode um we want to know we want to know what those are because that's one of the things that i think is so great about the adhd community and what i see with group coaching is that people love to share they love to share what works for them and what doesn't work and and um you know we want to we want to pass that on so let absolutely. us absolutely please let us know yeah how go. do you want people to let us know any way they can reach us any way i mean facebook email newsletter if you're on my newsletter you can reply back to me directly um yeah perfect perfect Mm -hmm. yeah so again thank you for reaching out to us and letting us know and adding more tools to the toolbox thank you so much for your time and attention we sure appreciate it we love doing this every week and thank you even more for joining us for the live stream if you uh if you did so on this very odd tuesday recording session thank you my (laughs) Son, thanks you. Uh, and, and grandma uh, that's and grandpa. It. Th- that's it. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>